Four, three, two, one, and welcome back everybody for another great show. Uh, wow, two great shows back to back. Um, what an amazing show uh, we had with the first show with uh, um, <clears throat> the lovely, the lovely, the lovely Leah Jorgensen from Jorgensen Sellers. And then we had Mr. Wes Saban from my, uh, the plant-based vegan psalm. Um, and now we're going to have another guest out of three. This is an amazing time. We're on our third guest out of four. We're doing, uh, we're on guest number three, three of four. And today we have the lovely Christina Gonzalez from Gonzalez Wine Company right here. I'm going to be drinking her Viognier. Viognier. I love it. I love it. Uh, Christina Gonzalez is a special lady, special winemaker. Uh, an ambassador in Oregon. Uh, so I'm so excited to be sharing the screen with her in a few moments. Um, if you're joining us from the last two shows, thank you so much for, for, for coming back and joining us for show number three um, with ambassador number three. Um, don't forget, if you are joining us, you could also hit that airplane button. Go ahead and hit that airplane button. Invite a few of your friends, maybe the first five on your list. Um, invite them to join, have, have them grab their favorite poison and enjoy a great show. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring my next guest on. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see. Let's see if it comes on. Let's see if it works. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. How's 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 your neck of the woods? How's the weather? Um. Well, not too far from you, so um, pretty good. It's um quite a nice day outside. I was trying to do this outside, but um, the internet wasn't working that well outside, so unfortunately, I had to oh no, yeah, that's why I like. Ground. I have my little patio that I'm attached to my little veranda, and I like. I'm able to come out here and enjoy, but I've been letting your wine set for a little bit. Good. Your Viognier. I'm so excited. You know, this is one of my favorite varietals is Viognier. I love, I call it the ballerina of great varietals. I love Viognier. Um, when anybody gives me a glass of Viognier, it's hard. I don't resist. I don't resist. Oh, good, good. Well, I'm glad. Yes, as you know. <laughs> so, how are things going? I know you've been so busy. I have. Yes, yes, I have been very busy. But I actually just got back last night from a vacation to Mexico with some friends. So, um, I got a little bit of a recharge and some nice sun, and just being back in in Mexico, it was. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I, I, I can see you got a little color there. It looks like you got a little... T yeah, I like it. I like it. We were down in Zihuatanejo, and um, yeah, it was hot. Ooh. How hot was it? Um, About 86 degrees daily. Ah, uh, yeah. very nice. Very nice. Probably about, um, at the last part of the trip, about 70% humidity, if not more. So it was definitely... Um, it was a little toasty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can bet you take a shower and then you have to get in a do another shower because the uh, humidity. 
those last couple of days just sweating exactly right out of the uh, uh, but it was so, by the coast and um to eat a lot of seafood again and yeah be with be with my girls so we had a good time what's your favorite type of seafood oh um pulpo i love octopus even though um I, sometimes I'm a little bit conflicted because I, um, I'm fascinated by octopus. They also have, um, because they have eight tentacles and uh, eight is my lucky number and part of where my, my logo comes from the magic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I do, I, I do love a warm octopus and potato salad um, with some fresh parsley, which would actually go great right now with some viognier. Viognier, <laughs> viognier, yep, absolutely, viognier. So I, I, I haven't had a chance to, well, I said a few words about you, but go ahead and introduce yourself to the viewer by all means, please. So I'm um, Christina Gonzalez from Gonzalez Wine Company. I'm based out of Portland, Oregon. And um, my specialty, I guess my, my signature wines are uh, big reds, such as Syrah, um, Malbec, uh, Petit Verdot, and um, I do some aromatic whites. This year I did some Riesling, some Viognier, and um, we'll probably start to expand and experiment with some other um in the future but yeah Unless, uh, I, I i love it i love it and you also are critical you're a board member of how do you say avoy 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 yeah. what is now can you let the viewer know what avoy is about so um well if you um there's like a, a dicho or um in spanish avoy is like i'm coming i'm, I'm on my way um, and so for our organization, this is a nonprofit that um, was started um, with the three co-founders, who's Miguel Lopez, um, Sofia Torres McKay, and Jesus Guillen, um, who passed away um, in 2018. And um, so they started this organization um, just looking for ways to recognize our vineyard stewards, vineyard workers. Um, we have people that have worked in the vineyards uh, their whole lives. They are rich in knowledge and wisdom of the terroir and and the vines that they're growing of of the land themselves. And they really wanted to do something to recognize those people who were working in the vineyard for such long periods of time and, and to also let them know that there are other avenues um, of work outside of the vineyard because a lot of times workers, um, Latinos who are, are working in the vineyard pretty much think that's, a, that's as far as they can go. And so the idea was to show them um, and to empower them through um, English immersion and um, more education outside, such as, you know, production, um, winemaking, sales and marketing, um, working in the tasting room. Um, they're, you know, the wine industry is just, there. there's such an array of different positions, aspects of the wine industry and just to really give them the skills and the tools to um, advance 
other areas besides the vineyard. Because like I said, most of the time you, you see Latinos in the vineyard and um, mostly on the bottling line. Education, we believe like that is the key to moving forward within the industry and just moving forward in, in your own life um, by constantly, I mean, I'm learning every day and I think all of us um, should be learning every day and learning new things. And so, um, yeah, just kind of through English immersion and um, college courses, uh, learning about enology, more about viticulture, um, like I said, sales and marketing. Um, they actually got to take the W set this year, which was really awesome. And I was super jealous because like, I want to take the W set. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. That is amazing. So yeah, just really um, a whole array of different courses. And we've had some really awesome um, feedback and just a lot of support from the Oregon industry. And um, it's just been a great thing to be a part of. That's, a, that's amazing. Thank you for, for that work. Thank you for being a part of that and offering that resource. Uh, it gives people an opportunity. He's watching right now. So What's that? <laughs> Very cool. Now, Very cool. He just graduated in the, in the first cohort. So hi. Yeah. Ah, well, congratulations. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's important to have that, that offer that resource and to give them opportunity to do other things. There should be opportunity to be able to do other things. And, and you're providing that, help provide that. And that is, that is awesome. Now, does it cost anything to join the, uh, the organization? Um, it doesn't um, cost anything to particularly apply. If, um, uh, if you're accepted into the program, there is a small like deposit fee that we ask for um, and which they are then um, given back at the completion of the courses. But um, anybody who's doing, you know, vineyard work or, 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 you know, this isn't just to, you know, the vineyard in general, but, you know, people who, um, want to advance their education um you know that that is open it you know if there's latinos that are working in um you know production or just on the bottling line i mean um it is it is open we just actually opened our um our application window and so applications are available in english and spanish on the website and um we will be doing a canvassing campaign where we are going to be going out to the vineyards this summer to um, recruit new new students for the program. But if you go to um, ivoyoregon.org, um, you can find the information on our organization there along with job resources, job postings, and um, links to the application and to educational resources. Awesome. Awesome. Um... That'd be great. I'll, I'll definitely post that on my end um, after this this show is complete. Um, and I love I love what you do. You uh, the uh, you know it's funny. I was um, I was just getting together uh, because I'm gonna have Sam Pata on in a few weeks, and we were talking about you. And he's like, oh, Christy, yeah, yeah, and it just seems like. Uh, he, I, I saw the, the article. I didn't have it re really gotten the chance to, to read it fully, but 
all of you that contributed to organ winemaking, and that is that is huge. All the Latino and Latinas as part of the uh, the organ winemaking industry. Um, tell us, like, how is it? How is it being in in a group represented like that? Like, uh, I mean, it's it seems like now there's a voice for the Hispanics in organ winemaking and, and winemaking in general. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's actually extremely humbling, and I'm honored um, to be part of what I guess I would call a grassroots movement because um, I really haven't seen um, anything like it um, before in in like in California per se, um, just right below us. So um, it's been really, and I think it's really needed. And um, it has been needed for a, a very long, long time. I mean, the percentage of, you know, um, BIPOC people that own and run and produce wine is, I think it's less than 10%. And for Latinos, I believe it's, it might only be 7% um, of wineries um, are owned by Latinos. So. Um, you know, this is something I think that's been a, a very, very long time coming. Um, and like I said, just with, you know, how, how kind of Ivoy was started, the wisdom and knowledge that people have had that don't have that formal education, um, but have had it through experience and years of, of doing this work, there's a lot, a lot of wisdom there that, that should be recognized. And I mean, I think... But it's brilliant to note is that there wouldn't be any wine if there weren't any vineyard workers. You know, there's right the the you know our our vineyard workers, our vineyard stewards are the ones who are out picking the grapes. So without them, there really is 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 no wine. And um, you know, very much so in the industry in the United States, like. I would say all of our, um, safe to say at least, all of our, you know, ag agricultural work is done by, you know, black and brown people. I mean, this this started with the roots of slavery when this country was founded. And, you know, so um, I think it's just, it's really important that we recognize that and acknowledge the people that are doing the work. And, you know, um, Thanks to Black Lives Matter movement, granted it started a long time ago, but we saw, you know, major momentum in, in this last year. I think that really catapulted our, the, in particular, our um, Oregon Latinx um, winemaking community. Um, but also all of us who are um, not white um, were out there making wine and, and in the industry and, and um, you know, people are starting to recognize and, and, and acknowledge that. So it's been really very much um, a, very exciting and, and like I said, humbling. And um, I'm just really grateful to be a part of that and to see, to see it so well received um, by the public. And, you know, I think it also, wine is not just for, not something that just the the wealthy can afford wine is really for everybody and um you know i think it, it's always been seen as this very very 
you know, uppity thing like that, um, you know, you can only, only certain people can afford. And that has really been one of my missions to make this accessible for everybody. And, you know, what I, I think we, we need to see, I mean, the, and this just helps the whole industry by opening it up to other economic levels and other skin colors, like that it just not only enriches our, our industry, of wine but i mean it's creating sales i mean it's creating sales for for everybody so so why not um right so yeah it's um it's very exciting to see what's happening now in our industry and i'm really well that's that's awesome that you're a part of the 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 movement you know we we need to keep the movement going, I think, you know, we had a lot of movement happening this past summer. And I think now voices are, are louder than ever, you know, and I think it's, it's creating opportunity. And I think that's the main thing is, um, I cannot say it enough, opportunity creates diversity. When we have opportunity, it's going to create more color out there and what we see, what we do. Um, and so for you to be a part of that, um, is huge and and you are you're setting tones for all of us uh including myself so thank you for for doing that um every one of you it, it seems like the community um is really bu building and i don't just see it from oregon winemakers i see it from even california winemakers hispanic winemakers that i've talked to you know they're willing to work together, building a community, trying to build a community to work alongside of one another and, and really build a, a large community to keep this, the gas, the foot on the gas. And that's, that's the most important thing right now is to keep it, keep that momentum. Um, it was quite interesting though. One of the, one of the, uh, the ambassadors that I had on recently said he just doesn't have one of the things that's lacking, lacking for him. And he, even though he's in Napa is, he doesn't have the resources, you know, they don't offer the proper resources. And that is, that's tough. That's hard, you know, and, but everybody, you know, he's doing it as much as he can. He's doing small production and, and, and he's getting his, his grapes. He has people that he has in, in relations with sourcing his grapes, but to hear that he doesn't have the resources, it's just really rough. You think, are we still like stuck? in these times i mean are we still that far back in these times where it, it's just well you know like i mean i'll say the same for myself like i i'm i'm a small producer and um i i you know i still have i'm still having issues you know like that because i am such a small producer you know um trying to find a custom crush facility like when you're doing it all by yourself and you don't have that access like you let's per se you, you don't work at a winery and you can't make your wine there i mean it's expensive like this is not something for um the faint-hearted uh, i mean it, it, yeah. it is a labor of love um and and it is a, a, a passion yeah i mean it's I, you know, like, I think what we're seeing now, like with, you know, some of the new organizations that have come out in the new year supporting um, BIPOC individuals who want to get into the industry, I, I see a lot of, um, it, 
a lot of these scholarships and funding going to to wine education, which is great. And I think that that um, we need we need more diversity on the floor, in the front of the house, like in in tasting rooms. Um, but also, you know, like I, I want somebody to look that looks like me, um, you know, to be to be doing the same thing. And I think so. It would be great to see some of these new organizations like um, start to create scholarships for those of us who, you know, like and others who want to get into production and those kind of funds, um, you know. Uh, yeah, it, it's definitely not not easy and grapes are expensive. <laughs> grapes are yeah. I can just imagine. I can just imagine. I got. I got to tell you that you know since you've been talking and since I've had this bottle open, the the these aromas are absolutely just invigorating. I, I mean, it's it's strange, but what I'm getting to me is I'm actually getting some like white fruit, but I'm also getting some almost some toasted marshmallow. Yeah, I mean, um, so this wine is, um, this was a, my one of the most um, And so, you know, the, this Viognier comes from Mendocino County and, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Mendocino County, Northern California. Um, it's on the valley floor. And so it gets, it's hot, like, you know, mm -hmm. in, in, with global warming, things are just getting hotter and hotter. So, you know, this wine um, was picked at about 25 bricks. So it's got, it's got some weight to it. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, it's a heavier Viognier. I like to say <laughs> this is a very voluptuous Viognier. Um, Absolutely. It's a Maryland. It's a Maryland. Totally. All the way. Herbs and everything, like you know, like this, like palette, it coats the palette. I think it's got the body of um, a Chardonnay. Um, it, it still holds the aromatics, and um, you know, I do like acid in my wine. Um, mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to retain acid, um, albeit being so ripe as it was picked. But you know, like this is, um, yeah, this is a very voluptuous Viognier, and um, with the pandemic. Um, it wasn't supposed to go through ML, but I think it did because I couldn't get into the winery in California to like touch it because they weren't allowing people in um, who didn't work there. So I think it, it did go through some ML there, some malolactic fermentation, which is also like probably part of maybe of that toasted um, marshmallow yeah. getting there. Um, but all of the, I mean, there's none of these wines, none of my wines see any new oak. Um, yeah, use all neutral barrels. So, you know, the, Obviously, you know, uh, a first fill barrel, you're going to get a lot more oak um, characteristics out of it. But, you know, even sometimes with your third, fourth and fifth fills and, you know, depending on where these barrels are coming from, um, they can still retain some of those oak characteristics. And so, yeah, but this wine in particular, I think it, it just, uh, yeah, very full bodied um, Viognier uh, and yeah, luscious and, and I'm, I'm actually quite happy with it. Yeah, this thing is, it's saucy. Like, it doesn't, it, you know, I usually, I usually say Viognier's are like ballerinas. This one is a hip-hop dancer. Yeah. This thing is, it will, seriously, it's got some meat. When you talk about meat and body, it's just, you. I, I can smell it with all the, the fruits. And like I said, that. That hard toasted marshmallow is like, it's really, um, it's kind of like a, uh, 
a, a welcoming thing. You kind of feel like when you smell that, oh, it's like, I always say when you go to Disneyland, one of the things they pump, they pump aromas when you walk, come in and you get this welcome feeling of, uh, this, I'm in Disneyland. Uh, this is the thing is when, when I smell this wine, it gives you that welcoming feeling of, come on, welcome, drink me. It is, I'm nice. <laughs> I'm going to make you get down tonight because this thing is not your normal Viognier. It is so nice. I love it. I love it. I mean, I could see it definitely holding up to some deeper, richer foods that normally lighter wines like lighter Viognier's would kind of fizzle out to. This one would has some meat. It would hold on to a bigger dish, even heartier cheeses or it, it's just, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with the way it's turned out and how, it, how it's been aging. I think this is a very age-worthy white um, that's going to um, still be kicking in, you know, the next three to four years. So um, I'm excited to see how it's going to develop um, throughout the next couple of years. So what was, what was your, your inspiration to get into wine? What was one of the things that really just hit, hit you that said, I, I got to do this. I want to be a part of this. Um, it started in South America. Um, I was in Argentina. I was a backpacker. Um, and originally I, I went down to South America to, to study Spanish cause that's what I majored in in college. Um, I'm from an American, but I didn't learn Spanish at home. And so it was something that was really important for me to learn and something that I felt that I was missing. And um, the best way to learn another language is, you know, is through language immersion. And um, so Ecuador was actually the cheapest place uh, for me to go and, and study abroad. And so that's where I ended up uh, through my travels after school. Um, after my semester was done that I um, landed in um, Chile and doing volunteer work. And then I would have to go renew my tourist visa. And so the place to do that was to just go um, wine tasting in Mendoza. Um, and so we would just, when we needed to renew our tourist visa, we would go over there and just do some wine tasting. And that's how it really happened. Like, I mean, I was living in Chile and was drinking box wine. Um, <laughs> they, I mean, Chile and Argentina, they were way ahead of the curve, like a long time ago, like 20 years ago, like with alternative packaging. And, um, and so yeah, that's how it, it started. And then when I was when I would go tasting in Mendoza, it was really like, just the whole, it, it was like just the combination of everything of, you know, I, I you know, Argentina is known for their grass-fed, um, wonderful uh, red meats. And um, so it was going to a paria and, you know, walking up to the counter, picking picking my, my cut of meat and going back to my table. And it was probably just like, the, it was the house Malbec that was like by the glass. And it was really, it, it was all of it together of the food and the smells and you know, the, the wine itself and that, that pairing of just, you know, it, the red meat with, with red wine. And, you know, seeing families and friends and people around just enjoying a meal with wine on the table. 
<laughs> it reminded that reminded me of the <laughs> the <laughs> it reminded me of the phone. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, that was great. It reminded oh, it reminded me of that Folgers commercial where the the kid is in the background and the mom's on that that virtual meeting. And she just probably like that. The kids in the back. <laughs> I love it. That is so rad. I love it. I love it. That reminds me. How old, how old is your kid? How old is your kiddo? He's seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine what my kid would be like at seven. He's he's only three, and he's he's a handful. He is a handful. He's um, cracker all right. He's like his mother. So, so did being, being in the, being, being there, did it give you inspiration for this is how I want my wines to be like, not as far as the blueprint, but you want them to attract, like you were saying, uh, it was just the house wine and it went with, you know, I got to pick out my meat and stuff like that. Was that what your, your blueprint, your whole MO was? I want a wine that I could give to somebody and they could just go grab whatever their dishes and just pair it with that, with my wine. Yeah. I mean, I, I have always been drawn more to old world style wines and, um, you know, part of the things that I'm passionate about is, is food and wine. Um, and, and it's for me, a lot of it is that combination. So I really wanted to, you know, um, you know, through my, through my experiences, through traveling, I've just seen like, wine is something common on the table that's going to go with your meal. And we see that a lot in European countries as well, where the, it is it, something to be hidden something in place like at, at the table. And um, I just really wanted my wines to be food friendly. Um, so, you know, it's something that can be enjoyed, but also with a meal. I mean, a lot of what I make um, is stuff that I like to drink, and I like to drink, um, you know, when I'm when I'm eating. I like to enjoy a glass of wine with a meal, or, you know, with some charcuterie. Um, and so it was always very, very important to me to make them very food friendly and also economically accessible um, for everybody to be able to go and buy a bottle. Um, so yeah, it, that was always kind of like the MO was something that was food friendly, which is why I retain acid in my wines. Um, and yeah, I mean, and also I guess like the neutral oak barrels, because I don't use new oak. Um, it's all neutral oak because I really do want to showcase the grape. Um, I, I think um, oak is, you know, is something that can really in, enhance the wine, but sometimes, um, you know, it can also overpower a wine and, and right. that's, not, um, that's not really what I'm going for. So um, yeah, with by having the neutral oak barrels, it really does, um, it's really able to showcase the fruit itself and really give um, my customers and, and uh, wine drinkers just a, a, a good taste of, of what the grape um, is really representing. Yeah, and, and that, that's, that's an important thing. I, I love what you said because you really want to showcase the grape and not the oak. Right. Um, and that way. is – what's that? One of your guests just asked what I was drinking, and I'm drinking my 2018 Malbec. 
Ah, 2018 Malbec. Love me the Malbec. Now, where do you get your Malbec from? Where is the Malbec coming from? So I source Malbec from um, both California and in Oregon. Um, the one that I'm drinking right now is, this is my 2018 vintage. Um, and um, Sacchini Family Vineyard, which is down in Contra Costa County. Um, and so that's like super East Bay uh, when you're getting close to um, Sacramento. Um, down in the valley there, uh, but these are 25-year-old vines. It is a organic um, vineyard, um, and you know, 25-year-old Malbec vines. Um, it's kind of hard to find, especially in California. Um, and so I got really, really lucky, and um, yeah, so I sourced Malbec from them for a couple of years. Um, previous to that, Mendocino County, um, and then in Oregon, I've gotten my Malbec from Southern Oregon. Um, a particular vineyard, um, Gold um, Vineyard, which is located in Talent, Oregon, um, which is just north of Ashland. Very cool. Yeah, I like it. I love, and I like that you're getting your uh, your grapes from Mendocino too. Usually, when you think of like California wines, a lot of times you you don't hear Mendocino as a dominant area of getting grapes, sourcing grapes. It's always the, the surrounding areas like Napa, Sonoma, and so forth, Livermore. But you don't hear Mendocino and play that much, um, which is great because it gives, it gives uh, the wine drinker, it gives the consumer a, a whole new degree of tasting something new and, you know, open their, their eyes and their palate to a new region that is maybe that doesn't get a lot of clout. And I like that. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, um, a lot of my winemaking and a lot of where I source grapes is all very price driven. Like we were talking mm -hmm. about access to funding. Um, and mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm self-financed and, you know, I, I have great parents who support me, who have helped me. They've, they're, they're my investors. They're on the board of directors of Gonzalez Wine Company. Um, That's awesome. And, um, you know, so everything has been self-financed. So it, it really is, I'm a very budget conscious um, winemaker. And so, you know, like um, I've been really lucky to work with growers who um, are all about supporting the little woman. Um, not just the little guy, but the little woman too, because I'm only five feet tall. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so I've um, been very, very lucky in, in that aspect. But, you know, so I, I really like, I couldn't afford to buy grapes from Sonoma or Napa. Um, Mendocino was going to be the best option for me. Um, and at the time, and then, you know, when I found the, these grapes in, in Contra Costa County, and, you know, here in Oregon, it's a different story. Um, I'm, I'm working with the same grower that I made my second vintage of Malbec ever um, down there. And, you know, like prices have definitely gone up through the years, but I'm, I'm lucky enough, like I said, to work with a grower who supports small producers like myself. That, you know, it, it's, it's great that you, you know, I always believe where there's a will, there's a way. If you find, you, you could find a, uh, uh, a route to get to you could always find an alternative to, to get to you if you don't if you don't have this you could always go with this and just because you're not getting your grapes from napa or sonoma 
it, this wine is awesome. This wine is delicious. So, it, I mean, it really showcases what, what you put into the bottle, your passion and your love for it. But it also highlights, hey, this region, you know, the, the one that is like this underdog that really doesn't get a lot of recognition is, should be on the map louder and broader than, you know, than they have been. And that's great. It's, it's a great thing what you're doing is, again, like I said, not able to do the ordinary, but giving you something extraordinary. You're taking it or, out of the ordinary and you're making it extraordinary. And that is, that is awesome. I love that. Much that, but like seriously, um, puts a huge smile on my face to hear you say that. So I, I... <laughs> that's great. I love it. I love it. You know, and and that's what I'm saying is, you know, when you, I, I, I think that is just like you sharing your story and and you're telling everybody about what you're what you've gone through. It's it's important. I think it's important and valuable to to share these stories. Every one of the ambassadors that I sit with and share the screen with it, it's it's like you're all connected because you're sharing the same type of struggles but the same type of passions and visions that you want to create you want to do something good for the consumer because you find that it is needed you want to do something because you love doing it it's not just yeah we're in it if we're doing something we do want to make a financial bit about it but it's also about what we love to do and when you when you dig into the product, when you dig into your wine, it just shows a completely different realm than something that you normally would see because you know the story behind it. I always say when you see a label on the shelf, you don't really you – you, you get to know it by maybe turning the – if there's a, la a little story on the back of the label. But unless you actually get to see the person that is behind the bottle – it actually brings it that much more in depth and you get much more of an appreciation for that bottom. And it's just awesome. I, I, like I said, just hearing your story is, is pretty amazing. Um, what you're, you know, I just think of you backpacking and learning Spanish and doing all this stuff. I mean, that, that's something that I feel like I wish that when I was younger, I was able to do that. My dad uh, was fluent in Spanish, mm -hmm. you know, and even when my uncle went back to Spain, they were both in the Air Force. My dad and my uncle were both in the Air Force. And when my uncle went back to Spain, he found our family crest. And I was like, you know, too bad we didn't, we weren't never taught Spanish. I wish we were taught Spanish. I wish I would be fluent in Spanish. Yep. Um, and my mom is fluent in Spanish, but we never, like, it was never just settled in. And so hearing your story about, yeah, I just got to be immersive and get in, involved and be a part of the environment. That's cool. I love that. Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, I think, comes down to being able to be vulnerable, um, being able to be vulnerable to share your story. And it was really the words of um, a, a mentor of mine here, um, Bertoni from Abbey Creek Wines, um, He's, I guess, considered Oregon's, well, he is considered Oregon's first um, black winemaker. And a couple years ago, when I um, was just recently divorced, um, I, he 
reached out and bought like um, a couple cases of, of my wine and, you know, said, I, I found you on Instagram and um, wanted to support me. And so when I went to go drop off his wine at his tasting room, can you go do that somewhere else? Um, and, uh, you know, he sat me down and, you know, he goes, so tell me, tell me about you. Like, what's your story? Who, who are you? And it was the first time that anybody in the wine industry had not only to, I, I, it, I felt had taken me seriously as a winemaker, but that also just like wanted to know about me and where I came from, like how, how I got into wine. And, you know, he really helped to guide me to where I am today. He, he said, you know, use your voice and tell your story because people actually want to know about it. Right. They want to know you. And, you know, I think that's what makes Abbey Creek so special is that Bertoni does share his story of where he, he's come from. Um, and, you know, his, his own experiences within the wine industry. And so it was, you know, it was really because of him that I really um, was able to become comfortable enough to start talking about starting and, um, you know, really what, how my company has developed. And I, and I will say, you know, I'm, I'm quite first as terrible and as horrible as, you know, it was probably the best thing that's happened to me because it really motivated me to take myself here, um, to believe in myself and to believe that I could succeed and that I could hang with the big kids. And, um, you know, I think, like I said, sharing my story and being vulnerable has put me now in the, in the place where I am. So it is through those struggles and again, sharing your truth, using your voice, paying it forward, um, that I really think people are able to connect with and that motivates and inspires others to get involved and, you know, to support each other, to create that community. That Absolutely. And you've been, you even since we've gotten uh, connected with each other, um, you've been a big support uh, for me and offering me resources here and there. And that's something that, you know, again, you don't find that everywhere where somebody actually will reach out to you and just spontaneously, hey, this here, this is, I got this resource here. Try, check this out. You know, I mean, again, I always feel like I, I always say it. I've, I, I don't think I've ever met just an acquaintance on here. I feel like I've met a lot of friends, some really true friends, really supportive friends. And it's great because, you know, I think before the pandemic, I think we, we were going about our, our everyday lives and just going, going, going. And, and I think one of the, the true blessings that came out of the pandemic was a way to reconnect with people. Yeah. And it's been such an amazing thing to connect with so many wonderful people like yourself um, and to, to get support. You know, you know, it's, it's wonderful. So I can see, you know, where he, 
actually said, oh, I want to I want to know more about you because you have so much to offer. You, your story is so valuable to help the industry thrive and grow. It's important. Well, um, so, yeah, absolutely. And and I, I can't say enough about your wine. Uh, I definitely want to try your your Malbec. And, and I, I, I wanted you to tell us the, the whole story behind the eight ball. Can you tell us the whole story behind the eight ball? Um, I sure can. <laughs> I mean, I told you, so I told you a little bit um, about my lucky number eight um, and how I do, I do love octopuses too because of the eight ten tentacles. But so the, um, my logo came from the magic eight ball. Um, so I was born October 8th also. Um, and so, um, and within October, September, October, um, the astrological sign is Libra's. The Libras are, are, you know, either great decision makers or they're horrible decision makers. And I am a decision maker. So when I was growing up um, and I grew up in the 80s and I, and I guess more, more so in the 90s when I was in my adolescence um, that I had to use the magic eight ball um, to make my <laughs> So, it was, turning it over and see what, what was I going to wear today? Was this a really good decision that I made? Um, um, yeah, that, that's where the, the inspiration came. And when I was um, looking for a logo for my brand, um, it just kind of, it just all kind of came together of um, the magic eight ball and then the typewriter g for my last name looks like an eight um and so it all just kind of into place and you know some people they either love it or they hate it but if if anything like it it is something that you are going to recognize when you see it on a shelf um and yeah i um i am a child of the 90s since <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I when I when you when you were telling that story, and you were talking about the magic eight ball, I was one of my favorite shows hands down, and I could watch the show over and over again. Yeah, I love that. See, and the the that with that totally reminds me of is one of my favorite shows of the '90s is Friends. I Friends when Ross was actually trying to make the decision. And he got his magic eight ball out. And when you're telling that story, I can picture Ross shaking the magic eight ball and asking the magic eight ball what to do. Um, but that's a, such a cool story. I love stories like that. It's just, it's just real. It's homey. It's raw. I love it. It's a, it's a way to connect. I mean, it's so cool that, like I said, when people look at labels and then they, they, they hear the story behind the label, it actually makes it more relatable. Uh -huh. And that's, that's what makes it so fun. I love that, that story. Um, so now I know we're getting, you know, I'm looking at our time and time goes by so fast. Time goes by too fast when you're having fun. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I just got to say, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Christina for for your time and just the support you know the support that you've given me and just the last few weeks when we when we got connected and everything and we started talking about the show and everything that you offered and the resources it's just 
like I said, um, I consider you a really good friend, a true friend, and I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate your time and and what you brought here on Breaking Bread. We, you know, talking, sharing your story, and and it's it's just really special. So thank you, thank you for doing that. Um, absolutely, thank you so much, Corey. I'm just um, I'm I'm thrilled to be here, and, and the same to have met you. And thank you for reaching out to me to be on the podcast. This is really fun. Absolutely, and I, I I can't say enough about your wines. I'm I'm, I'm excited. Like I want to like savor it because I, I I've been drinking it. It goes down. The one thing that is so amazing about this bottle too is even though it feels fuller, it goes down so easy. It becomes dangerous. <laughs> uh, way like I'm looking. Let me see. So okay, so. Your average wine could be range about 13, 13, 5. This wine right here is 14, 3. So it is, it's when you talk about, yeah, voluptuous. The voluptuous lady. She's got, she's got the curves and she's got the hip there. And yeah. Uh, she, it's, it's doing its hip dance. Yep. I mean, this thing is, this thing is a monster. And Definitely. when I look, now that I see the how high the the volume on that is, that is going to be. Uh, I I can't wait to try that with some food too. It's going to be really nice. Um, but I always like to give my last for my last question. Like I always like to give the 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 big five thousand dollar question to everybody. See what you know what they have to say. But uh, if you wanted to, if want to offer advice to anyone whether they're beginning or in the middle or near the end and they're at their crossroads of doing what they want to do trying to do what they want to do in the industry what kind of advice would you give them um to not be afraid to take risks and to not be afraid to fail and get to make make your own space at the table um you know, I think I've gone through when I reflect on on, on my career um, and what I I have learned. I think maybe I'd be in a different place had had I had spoken up, had I had asked, you know, those questions, or you know, um, decided to take that that leap that I that I didn't think I was ready for because I think um, for much of my career I've, I've doubted my own abilities. As, as a winemaker and um, as somebody whose brand can stand with the bigger name wines. And um, I think believing in yourself and having the confidence and that, again, that vulnerability to ask questions, to fail and to take risks, um, it's only going to lead you up and um, take you further with, within your your career or and, and in your life and to um constantly just i mean my major mantra is just keep going keep going keep on on moving forward um because that's you know that's the only way to go great words great words and i love your kids heads popping in it full time and like i was like cool he's gonna he's gonna stay outside he'll be outside pain you know like for <laughs> and then like immediately like <laughs> <laughs> it is great i'll just see like 
I'll see like one eye like peep through the side of the screen, then I'll see his hair or whatever. It's so cool. I love it. I love it. No, thank you so much, Christina, for for everything. We got to keep in touch. You got to keep in touch, especially since we're so close. Yeah, I mean, uh, hop, skip, and jump. You're so close to me, right there. You know, just yeah. Yeah, please, please do, and you know, um, and otherwise, and come into Republica too. Um, you know, where I'm the wine director there, and you know, we focus on um, BIPOC and women producers, Mexican and Mexican American wines. So you know, um, it's it's base, and we have great food there, and you can get all my wines there. Awesome! I am there. I am there. Uh, thank you so much. And where can we find your wines? Um, well, you can always find them on the web on my online store at gonzaleswinecompany.com. Um, I have a wine club, too. You know, people are interested in receiving my wines on a regular basis. Locally, you can get them at um, New Seasons on Hawthorne and at the Arbor Lodge. And hopefully um, to a couple more locations, Barber World Foods, if you're in Southwest Portland, Herring's um, Wine Shop in Northeast, and um, also at Vino Veritas in Southeast Portland. Awesome. Awesome. We'll definitely look into that. If you can shoot me any of that information so I can post that on this. So I want to make sure that I get it all out there for the viewers. So if they're looking for it, they can get it, get it from you. Um, a good way to support our local businesses, women-owned businesses. We got to do it. We got to support Christina and her endeavors. Thank you so much again for your, for your time. And we got to do this again. Until yep. next time, we got to do a little cheers. Yes. All right. Cheers. Salute. All right. All right. Take care, Corey. All right. You too. All right, bye-bye. Tie, tie your son bye for me. Bye, <laughs> don't call again. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, everyone. What a great conversation with Miss Christina Gonzalez from Gonzalez Wine Company here in Oregon. Uh, she will leave me more information on where you can get her wines. Um, you could also also go to GonzalezWineCompany.com um, and get them direct. Um, again, thank you all for joining us, for sharing your time. And I think there's been an, another message here with all the ambassadors that I shared the screen with. I have one more to go. But I think there's a main message that we are seeing, and that is the scene, the, the message of support. We need to support these small family businesses. They are trying to do what, they're, what they can, and they need your support. People like Leah, like Christina, um, are out there. These are women winemakers that are doing their thing. Let's go out there and support them. We need to support them. And also Wes. Wes you know, brought up some really good information about vegan wines and how we can support the vegan wine movement and the vegan wine culture. It's important. Uh, we all think that vegan wines are, you know, uh, if it's vegan, it can't be that great. No, that's misinformation. Got to go to the right resource, R get the right information, get the correct information, the honest information, because honest information that you get 
from an actual ambassador for wines is going to give you something positive. They're never going to give you something negative. I'll tell you that straightforward. A real wine ambassador is going to give you something honest and positive. So don't forget, next time you go to your local retailers, if you could ask for any one of these wines, they can't get it. How can they get it? Where they can get it? And uh, I'll be back in just a few moments with my last number four, number four out of four ambassadors in just a few moments. But until that time, thank you for joining us. Stay safe, stay well, and cheers. Boop.